turn this down. I guess it's on, it's on isn't it? Yes, it is on. All right. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Um, I guess we prayed, so we don't have to pray again. Uh, it's not bad to pray one more time. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being with us. We thank you for the blessings, Heavenly Father. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, for his guidance, for his help. We pray, Heavenly Father, that we will be prepared for eternity. Please help us to understand the message and apply the message in our individual lives so we can be ready when you come. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Happy Sabbath to all of you. And uh, today we're going to talk about sanctification. And I assume everybody knows what that is. This will be a review for everybody. And uh, we're going to cover... Uh, the basics of sanctification, what sanctification is, and how we should uh, get sanctified. And uh, uh, so um, the sermon is going to last about 35 minutes, uh, uh, one slide per minute, about 35 uh, 35 slides. So it will be one slide per minute, so 35 minutes for a sermon. So please bear with me. If it's too boring, please bear with me for 35 minutes, and you're all set there. I summarized this information as much as I can. My wife looked at it, and she said, it's too complicated, and uh, summarized again. So I summarized again. So we summarized it several times, and it's a summary of the summary of the summary. And this is only part one. There's a part two uh, for the future, which I don't know if I'm going to preach that or not, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of information, a lot of things to know uh, if you have any, any plans to go to heaven then you should definitely consider and take this sermon seriously. Okay, you may not understand everything, you may not remember everything. We can always give you a copy of the sermon. I have a copy right here of the slides. And you can review this at home. But um, it, should be, uh, it should be beneficial to all of us as we prepare for the second coming. And we know the second coming is very close. Um, so let's, uh, let's uh, start with the, uh, with the presentation. And um, uh, slide number one. Let me see how this thing works here. And guess what? It doesn't work. Uh, where's the IT person? I did. Okay, come on. Come on, you can do it. Oh, oh I did change it. How do we go back? <laughs> Can we go back? Uh, all right. Well, let me see. Well, I have to ask him to change it, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Next time I have my own laptop with me, so it will be a lot easier. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just something as simple as that. Yeah, he told me to, make, to turn it on, and I forgot about it. Okay, so this is two, this is one. Okay, good. Um, let's start from the basics here, by the way. We're going to look at, the, uh, uh, look at some basics. And uh, I want you to position yourself in heaven, looking, uh, trying to figure out how to bring people to, from this earth to heaven. What criteria would you use uh, to bring these people to, uh, uh, to heaven? And um, especially knowing that uh, these people have a free will. They can do whatever they want, whenever they want. So you have to consider that. You also have to consider that, um, uh, that these people have to fit in heaven. You know, we don't want any strangers in heaven. And we don't want anybody saying, well, not a place for me. You know, I'll, I'll go somewhere else. And um, these people are not going to sin anymore. There's no sin in heaven. So we have to make sure that these people in heaven, uh, that these people you're bringing from earth to the heaven are not going to sin. And especially you have to remember the Lord uh, gave the promise that the sin will not rise again. So you have a, a, quite a bit on your plate to, to figure out how to, um, how to bring these people up and what criteria to use to bring the, uh, these people up. So maybe... You get position, put yourself in the position of a person doing it, or in the position of a person going to heaven from here and how to prepare for it. Uh, heaven is our destination. What kind of place are we going to? 
Remember, we're going to, from this earth, we're going to heaven, and heaven is a perfect place. Now, I don't have to tell you about this earth, right? We, everybody knows we are here, uh, death and suffering and problems and sickness and everything, you name it, and the sin is here with us. And now you are going to a place, a perfect place, perfect environment, and uh, how do we get there in this sinful state? Oh, by the way, this is the only place that we know about. We don't know anything else. We were born here. We lived here. We die here. This is all we know. As far as heaven goes, we just read about it. And we know nothing about it, so we have to prepare for a place we do not know much about, if anything. So um, we have to, we're going to spend the time uh, in eternity uh, with Trinity. We have uh, remember the heaven is a place where uh, uh, where the love is supreme. The very essence of God is love. You know what that means? That means that God Himself is love, not just loving, but He is love. The atmosphere in heaven is also permeated with love. And we have to spend the uh, eternity with the, uh, in the society of the holy angels, Trinity, and with the uh, unfallen beings. So you're looking at uh, quite a uh, difference between where we are now and where we are going. So um, uh, what are the requirements for heaven? Well, uh, if you're in charge of uh, putting people in heaven, like some say the period at the gate in heaven, <laughs> um, first of all, you will say, well, these individuals that are going to heaven, they have to, be, they have to overcome the sin. Now, the sin has to be overcome here, not before Jesus comes, but before, uh, I should say, yes, before Jesus comes, but not at, at, at his coming. And um, if you want to summarize what is required of us when we go to heaven or before we go to heaven uh, is perfection. We must be perfect. I mean, you can slice it any way you want. You can justify it. You can, uh, you know, do whatever you want with it. We must be perfect. Now, what that perfection means, we're going to study this today uh, as we uh, look at the uh, sanctification. And uh, if you look at the uh, quotes that I have here, and uh, which is very interesting, uh, moral perfection is required. None of us will ever receive the seal of God while our characters have one, one spot or stain upon them. Now, think about this. Not a one, not a one spot or stain of sin in our characters, okay? Which means we have to take care of all our problems, headaches, all our deficiencies, and uh, uh, before Jesus comes. And also remember the last statement here at the bottom. It says that uh, the at translation. This is just a review, by the way. Everybody knows this. At translation, when Jesus comes, the body changes but the character does not. That's why we're going through the sanctification process. That's why we're going through all this uh, ahead of time because the character will not change when Jesus comes. Nor is he going to do anything with the character, but just transfer it from earth to heaven if we are ready for it. And um, another thing that you have to keep in mind for this slide is that we have to, it is left... um, with us to remedy the defects of our characters, to cleanse the soul, temple of every defilement. The very image of God is to be uh, reproduced uh, in humans. So this, uh, these are the requirements for heaven. Perfection, image of God reproduced uh, in us before we can get there. And now the question is, how do we do it from here to heaven? <clears throat> and uh, let me see... Um, urgency for sanctification. Why is it important that we have to, why don't we just say, well, we'll just wait until the end of the time and we can just do it, you know, slowly and leisurely. Guess what? We don't have a lot of years left. The way things are moving on this, on this planet right now, we only have, uh, I would say, a few years. I, I will venture to say that we are probably not going to pass uh, 2030. So another nine years or ten years if you look at it. So once the persecution starts, keep in mind, there is no, no time for preparation. Okay? You don't have time uh, to give a Bible study. 
you don't have time to think about your defects in your, your character, we will be in a survival mode. We're going to figure out how we're going to survive. Okay? Forget about uh, being Bible studies, thinking about, oh, I got, I got this problem with me now still. I, I'm not patient enough or um, I don't love people enough. All this has to be taken care of before the per, uh, persecution starts. And one thing you also remember is the probation will close for the Seventh-day Adventist first. Now, probation is going to linger a couple months, maybe a year or two for the rest of the world. But for the Seventh-day Adventist, the probation is going to close first as soon as the persecution starts. <clears throat> and um, what are the... Fa- uh, let's see, uh, urgency number two. Uh, the quotations from Ellen G. White uh, regarding this urgency is the final movements will be rapid ones. Christians should, not, uh, sh- uh, should be preparing for what is coming, what is soon to break upon the earth, on the, upon this world, with an overwhelming surprise. It should not be a surprise for us, by the way, brothers and sisters. It is a surprise for the world, but I have a feeling that uh, she also uh, included us in this statement, too. Mm-hmm. A lot of people in our churches are not that ready for the second coming. Yeah. And when this, uh, remember the, uh, the uh, uh, Daniel 12.1? You know, there was going to be a, a trouble like it never was. Uh, this is what is going coming on earth uh, just before the second coming, and it's going to overwhelm us if we're not ready. Um, so this is something we have to keep in mind. And um, so what is this process that we call sanctification that will help us to prepare for heaven? Um, uh, there's a, uh, three uh, phases of Christian growth. I'm just reviewing this. Everybody knows this one. Uh, justification, when you baptize. Sanctification, which is a lifelong process. Yes. It starts right after the, uh, the, the, uh, the baptism. And then the glorification is the translation when Jesus comes. Yes. So let's just review the uh, justification. Um, justification is uh, when, the, uh, when the person is baptized, he realizes he's a sinner, and he sees the sin in the true light. He repents of his sins. Uh, the Lord cleansed him from the same uh, uh, through the faith, and um, take uh, and then he, then uh, he is uh, forgiven and he is ready to start the next process, and that is just that is sanctification. This is the lifelong process of growing and becoming more and more holy, because we are going to a holy place, yeah. so we better be holy if yeah. we uh, want to go there. Um, the um, Bible text for sanctification uh, are here mentioned. I just put them all together. Um, the, the text we just read, Leviticus also says, uh, "You shall be holy." Leviticus fourteen forty four and um, uh, uh, Joshua. Um, uh, no, I'm sorry. This is uh, this is this is Joshua. I believe seventeen seventeen. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is the truth. Uh, this is not Joshua. This is the New Testament. And John, this is John, I'm sorry, this is John. And uh, therefore, you will be perfect. You must be perfect. And we'll talk about the perfection a little bit later on. So the Bible supports the sanctification process. And as a matter of fact, it's a necessity if we plan to go to heaven. Um, The goal of sanctification is uh, cleansing from sin and that includes the perfection of character and overcoming sin. Now, uh, let me make something clear. I am not talking about sinless life. Mm-hmm. I'm talking a life that has been changed and we stopped sinning. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. We, do, we are not sinless beings. We can never be sinless in here. And we, we are sinners, so we are talking about uh, converted people that have changed their lives and stopped sinning. Okay, that's what we talk about when we talk about the overcoming sin and the perfection of character. Perfection of character boils down to one thing, stop sinning. Stop sinning. That is the perfection of character. And um, let's see. Uh, the the uh, next uh, slide, the goal of, of sanctification, uh, making pure and holy that which is not pure and holy Purify, purifies, alienates, 
from the dominion of sin and destroys the corrupt propensities or inclinations of a fallen nature, rectifies our affections and inclinations, and brings our entire being into subjection to the will of God. That's what God wants from us. This is his requirement or his goal with us. Our whole being should be uh, subjected to his will. Um, how do we achieve this sanctification? It's a, it is a human divine cooperation. And uh, we, might, 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 we might, must make special efforts to overcome sin. And that we are told in Leviticus uh, that you, we must be holy and uh, we must perform the uh, statues that the God requires from us, keeping Ten Commandments. In our case here, he probably refers to the Mosaic law that was given to the, uh, uh, to the Israelites. And then in, in um, Isaiah, it says, draw near to God and purify your hearts. So this is, this is the work that we must do. We must have a desire, say, Lord, I need change. I have a problem with this. Or I have a problem with that. Um, I need to change because otherwise I will not be, I will not, I will not go to heaven. And we are told in Spirit of Prophecy that there are a lot of people who think they're ready for heaven, but they will not be there. Yeah. And vice versa too, by the way. People who uh, don't think they're going to go, go to heaven, but they will be there. So we have to keep, uh, look at ourselves, uh, examine ourselves, and um, uh, uh, let, let the Holy Spirit tells, uh, tell us to uh, um, what we need to do. Have you ever prayed a prayer, Lord, help me, uh, show me my deficiencies today? It's a terrible prayer. You know why? Because he does. And you, you'll, be, you'll be ashamed of yourself. And that happened to me several times, and I said, wow, is that me, really? That's not what I want to be. That's not me. I don't want to be this kind of person. Please help me change. Yeah. I need to change. This is something that we need to do on a daily basis. We don't do it on a daily basis, but we should. And if we don't, don't do it, uh, the persecution and uh, difficult times in our lives will make us do it. So one way or another, God wants to save us, so he's going to do whatever he can to save us. And um, achieving uh, um, the second part of the sanctification process is the Holy Spirit. Now, keep in mind, we, there's an effort that we need to play, uh, to, to do, and that is to draw near to God and to become what he wants us to do, have a desire to do it. But we are sinful, living in a sinful world. We can't do it by ourselves. There's no way that we can accomplish what God wants us to accomplish if we are to inherit the, uh, heaven. So he, God gave us this, uh, the third uh, member of Trinity, Holy Spirit to work in our lives and to help us change. But we have to tell the Holy Spirit we want to change. We want to have a, a holy life. We want to be ready when you come. And the Holy Spirit will work on us to change us. And we'll get uh, into the specifics of, of the of, uh, sanctification uh, in just a bit here. Um, how are we going to be changed? That says the truth is going to uh, sanctify us. From the Bible, God is going to use his word to sanctify us. And, um, but it also means uh, uh, making this part of us and uh, practically carrying, carrying out in life that brings radical change. Now, now notice here, radical change. And um, uh, thus, we're going to get into the, uh, into the sanctification uh, uh, genuine sanctification. Um, John says, sanctify them by your truth, your word of your truth, and sanctify them by the truth. Again, John 17 and 19. So sanctification uh, requires a uh, radical change of us. Uh, if you were here for a Sabbath school all the time, they said, when somebody looks at you on the street, walking on the street, they should know you are a Christian. Okay? How you behave, how you walk, how you think, what you say, they should know you're a Christian and uh, the, yeah, they should definitely recognize you as, as something, somebody special. Okay? We are special for God. We are his people, peculiar people. 
Not just of his people, but peculiar people. Yeah. Different from the world. Different from other. And people have to see this. Yeah. If we are going to be in heaven, uh, people have to see this. Yeah. Um, so sanctification is a progressive work. Yeah. And um, progressive advancement in holiness towards completeness in, char- in the Christian character. That's the goal. That is the goal. Progressively changing and becoming, uh, climbing the ladder, going up toward heaven, becoming holier and holier all the time. And um, therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all unfilthiness and uh, uh, the flesh and spirit, perfection of, uh, of holiness in the fear of the Lord. You can see this is a progressive work. You don't become... Uh, you don't cleanse yourself from unfilthiness in the overnight. It doesn't happen. Well, it did happen uh, uh, on, the, on, on the cross, uh, to a thief on the cross, but that's exception to the rule. But the rest of us, it's a, it's a progressive work. In the second one, second period one, it says, add to your faith virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. Again, this uh, tells us that this is a progressive work that we have to go through. It is not overnight. We don't, uh, we don't change um, from knowledge to temperance to patience to uh, godliness, brotherly love, uh, brotherly uh, kindness and love in one day. So it is, uh, it is important to understand, even though uh, th- this lasts a long time, we should, not, uh, 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 we should not wait. We should not wait on this process. We should always keep Keep with the Lord and, and, and tell, because we don't know when our life is going to end. And uh, Steve, uh, you, you're, a good exa- you're a good example that you mentioned this morning about uh, the truck driver. Right. Yes, uh, life could end any time, any time. So we need to we need to keep this in mind and start working on it. If we are not working on it, as soon as possible. Okay. Uh, now we're going to talk about the sanctification process. You might you might uh, you. Uh, you might say, well, okay, fine, Mike, you, we, we need to change, we need to change, we need to change. How do we change? And this answers that question. Um, if the child of God uh, contemplates the truth uh, under the influence of the divine power, he sees more beautiful traits in the, char- in the Christ character and conforms to it. He conforms to the character of Christ. He gradually beholds in the glory of, of the Lord uh, and, f- and faith in love with his lovely character and thus grows up in Christ and becomes assimilated in his likeness. That's our goal. Last one is our goal. Amen. Growing up in Christ and becoming assimilated in his likeness. Um, let's take an example. Let's say uh, you want to uh, become more patient. Well, it will help you personally, number one. It will help uh, at home with your, with your uh, family, number two. It will help you uh, uh, at work, number three, and will also help you uh, in the church. Come to church and people say, wow, look at this guy. He's, this, is, you know, this is a different person now. And uh, so the patience is something that we should definitely should strive for. And uh, so what do you do? Uh, you say, Lord, I, I really need more patience. I, I, you know, I see some problems in my life and I see that I'm not that patient and I need to be more patient. I need to be like Christ. So what you do, you study the, the life of Christ in, uh, in the Gospels, and you look how patient he was, how patient he was with the common people, how patient he was with Pharisees, how patient he was with the Roman soldiers, before crucifixion, for crucifixion during crucifixion, and after crucifixion. And then you think about it, you pray about it, and gradually the Holy Spirit works on your life and helps you become more patient. Okay? But notice the, 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 uh, the sequence here. We desire to be more patient. That's our work. We want to be more patient. We pray for the patience. We study about God's, uh, Christ's patience. And then we ask Holy Spirit to work on our hearts and make the change. Okay? That is the becoming assimilated into he likes it. And eventually, believe it or not, you are going to be more patient. Amen. Okay? Amen. Um, let me just tell you something uh, uh, here. Uh, there's a statement in Spirit of Prophecy that says uh, when we pray for patience, 
we do not know what we're praying for. You know, it's, it's a big task. It is not a small task. It is very hard to be patient, especially nowadays. And I, I see myself, too. I uh, worked with computers for a long time, and, you know, if it takes more than five seconds, that's a long time. You know, five seconds is a long time. And... Um, and I always question, I mean, why is it taking so long? Why is it, uh, why is it a problem? I mean, push the button, that's it. Well, it's not that easy sometimes. And we, um, even me, working, being consultant, working with people and training people how to use computers and programming computers and designing systems. And I still think that, the, that somehow, somewhere, things should go faster. But they don't. But, you know, with humans, we're dealing with humans. We're not uh, dealing, dealing with a perfect... Uh, uh, angels here. We're dealing with the human beings. So uh, patience is a difficult task to achieve, but we need to, well, that's why we need a very strong prayers, very sincere prayers to the Lord to help us in this area uh, to be patient. Um, if that's what you want to do, I mean, you can pick any subject you want, by the way, whatever uh, uh, you have problems with, you, you, whatever weaknesses you have, you can pick that and work on it with the Lord to help you overcome. Um, so the process continues here, and uh, again, light shines another another uh, character defect, and another one, and you know, we overcome one at a time. We go growing stronger and stronger, becoming more and more holy, imitating the perfect pattern, and thus he is, we are changed into the image of Christ. That is the ultimate goal. That is the ultimate goal. Keep that in mind. We have to change in the image of God. Amen. And if you remember just uh, uh, prior to this, that um, uh, there's a statement that says, every person has to change to the image of God before we are translated. Amen. That's it. I mean, it, there's no exception. Don't think of yourself going through a back door to heaven. It's not going to happen. None of us, you know, sometimes you, you, know, you open the door and you squeeze through and nobody sees you. And no, in this case, that's not going to happen. So don't forget that uh, option and just work on the, on the uh, on sanctification process and the changes in your character. So changing into the image of Christ is the ultimate goal. And again, this process is further strengthened by the text, which, we, which, uh, which God's people are encouraged uh, to be a perfect and overcoming. Perfect mean, meaning blameless and overcoming. There's a text in the Bible, Romans 5, and uh, perfection in Matthew, and so on. And God even calls Job perfect. Why was he perfect? Because he uh, stayed away. He avoided the, uh, the, uh, the sin. That wasn't, that's why he was perfect. Not because he's, uh, he's physically perfect. He can never be physically perfect. But he avoided sin. He stayed away from sin. He prayed, and he prayed for his children, too, and he sacrificed for his children. And that's why he was perfect. And Christ says in Matthew 5 there that uh, we need to be perfect based on what he says in Matthew 4, by the way, 4 and 5. And um, how do we achieve this? Sanctification of the mind. Mind is a spring, a spring of action, the fountain from whence all the words and actions flow. Sanctification starts, begins with the mind. It cleanses the mind from the sinful thoughts. It changes the currents of thoughts. It transforms the mind from carnal to spiritual, from sin to holiness. And we find this in Proverbs. Uh, it says, my son, give me uh, thy heart and let thy eyes observe my ways. Pay attention to what the Lord is doing, how he handles different situations in the Bible. And... Uh, uh, learn from it. Isaiah 55 says, and um, let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord. So that's where everything starts. We need to sanctify our minds. Our minds have to be focused on, uh, on the Bible, on the things that, we, that are important today, especially today. Uh, we are easily diverted to the different things and uh, we need to go from carnal and think about spiritual all the time, talk about heaven all the time, second coming all the time and, and being ready for Jesus to come. Uh, the next part of our being that needs to be sanctified is attention. 
Attention is the faculty of the mind by which we look at the ideas. It's the eye of the mind. And um, it is also important that, uh, that we understand and keep in mind that attention is easily diverted. And uh, that's what we don't want, especially nowadays. You got your computers, you got your phones, you got your internet. You got it. And I find myself in the same problem. You start doing something and something else comes up and you go somewhere else and you go another one. And then he says, well, wait a minute. Why did I, why am I here for? What, what, what was my original goal? What, what was I trying to do? And I said, well, that's, that's not the way to be and that's not the way to, uh, uh, to handle the, the, the subject. So it is easily, nowadays in the 21st century, it's very easy to get diverted uh, with our attention. So we need to keep focused. We need to keep focused what we're doing and we need to uh, 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 be calm about it and always pray to the Lord for help. Holy Spirit is always there to help. Um, reflection. Reflection is also another area that we need to worry about. And reflection comes back to examine with care, attention, see is the object. Affection, of, uh, uh, reflection is what, what we look at it, we think about it, and we preserve distinct ideas about it. And we, uh, we had the attraction, which had attraction to the attention. Uh, uh, acquire an exact knowledge of the same. In other words, you need to remember that we have to reflect on a subject. Um, we should start reflecting on the subject uh, before, we, um, uh, before we forget about it. Then it becomes part of our being. And those who, ref- uh, let's do, let me see, that's another 20. And um, those who reflect on the truth they may have heard will be more apt to retain the truth. They'll also be more apt to, to, to take heed to the things which they have heard. It is not su- uh, sufficient to listen to uh, and look at the truth from Sabbath to Sabbath. We should reflect upon it throughout the week. I wonder how fast you forget the sermon from the church. Is it two hours after ch- uh, church service? Ron, what is it? Do you know? <laughs> um, and um, this is something that we need to keep in mind. Remember, what you hear from pulpit we are going to be held responsible for it. It is not our job to sit here, do the Lord's times, let the preacher speak, go home, have a good lunch, and uh, sleep, or whatever you need to do, and forget about the sermon. No, God is going to hold us responsible what we heard uh, 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 in the sermon, and what parts of the sermon imply to you, what you can learn from it, and take it, uh, and, and uh, for your own personal experience and make your life uh, better and more sanctified. And, uh, so, uh, it, so you don't think, of, don't think about sermon just uh, something that you hear for 20 minutes or half an hour and you're done with it. It's what, what do you do with it? What do you, uh, we are going to be responsible not only what we did not do, but also what we should have done. Okay, so that, that includes the sermons, that includes the going to church. Because going to church every Sabbath uh, means that uh, is the, uh, uh, it, 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 it's our own personal um, benefit, and we need to use it, use the knowledge, use the experience, see how we can benefit from what I heard today. You may not benefit from the entire sermon, but you may benefit from a part of the sermon. So keep that in mind that we, are, we will be responsible for what we hear in the church and how we process it and how we use it for, to, to benefit us to prepare for eternity. Um, meditation is another area we have to worry about. Meditation is a close or continued thought and it's a serious contemplation. And meditation allows us to go deeper into the, into the uh, uh, truth from the Bible. And when you hear a good sermon, you should maybe spend a few minutes when you go home, find out from the Bible and something, what did he mean by this, what did he mean by this, and um, try to remember the sermon and, and the, uh, and the uh, lessons from the sermon that you can use for yourself. So meditation is very, very important uh, to t- penetrate deeper into the knowledge of the, uh, of the Bible and the truth. Um, 
Meditation is, uh, to the mind is, is what the digestion is to the body. What we, uh, what we digest the truth, buy it with digested truth, and, uh, and as it were in the, in the part of a being. So when you meditate on something, this is why it's so important. When you meditate on something, uh, it should become part of you. Okay? It's not anymore part of a preacher, what a preacher said. It's part of you being, it's part of your life, and uh, it should be part of you, be, uh, you, you being uh, as, uh, when you meditate on a subject matter, whatever that is. Okay? So keep in mind, meditation is important because not only do we have to know the truth, we have to live the truth. Okay? That's important. How do you live the truth? The truth must be part of you. Okay? You, uh, the works are very important. The works uh, are reflected based on what we are inside. The works is a reflection of inside into the outside. So meditating on something will make a part of us and will help us to become a better Christian. And um, many fail to see the attraction of the truth because they do not think they do not think upon it long enough. And uh, this is a problem, too, with all of us. We don't think long enough about the truth. We don't think more long enough about the Sabbath, uh, Ten Commandments, and other things that, that we need to worry about. When the time comes to make a decision and say, do you believe in Ten Commandments? Do you believe in Sabbath? You are uh, unequivocally, unequivocally supposed to say, yes, I do, and stay at that without even thinking about or uh, maybe changing your mind or you're not sure you're uh, uh, sitting on the fence. Uh, so this is something where meditation comes in. You thought about the Bible, or Bible, you thought about the Sabbath, you thought about the state of the dead, you thought about this, so you believe it, and that settles it, you cannot change. That's what the meditation is all about. And one must both meditate and, and look for the Lord. We must dig for wisdom by meditating, meditation and prayer. And the uh, next slide shows us the, um, uh, the Bible, the Bible verses for meditation. The Bible supports med- meditation, a healthy med- meditation. Uh, meditate on these things, 1 Timothy uh, 4, 5, Psalms 19. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. And everybody knows Psalms 1 and 2. Blessed is the, is the man who walks not in the counsels of the ungodly, who stands, not stands the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the uh, scornful, but he delights in the law of God and his law, and in his law he meditates uh, day and night. Okay, so meditation is supported by the scriptures and uh, uh, very important, very, very important part of the uh, uh, sanctification process. Next is the memory. Uh, memory is the faculty of the mind which uh, it retains ideas. The faculty should be set apart to retain useful and holy thoughts. Okay? Again, 21st century, internet, computers, phones, and everything else, it's much easier to, uh, to, to think about and remember things that, that's what's on, the, uh, what's on the, uh, YouTube than it is to remember scriptures uh, from the Bible. And this is something that we should work on and pray to the Lord to help us change and switch toward it. Okay? I have the same problem. I love history. Go to YouTube, watch the history of World War II. A lot of documentaries. I mean, I can probably watch documentaries for the rest of my life, uh, and I will never be done with it, and uh, forgot to, forget to read the Bible, and so on. So this is something that we should put the brakes on it and say, okay, maybe 10 minutes, watch it, and then for the next half an hour, read the Bible and study the lesson for the day. So that you can uh, you can focus on the spiritual things. Remember, at the end, that's what counts. Okay, YouTube doesn't count for salvation. Okay, everybody knows that. So we need to remember that. Again, I am the first one to blame, and my wife is there to, to testify that too. Um, so twenty um, next slide is also about memory. Uh, those who have uh, sanctified memories. Um, Remember the lessons they learned in passing through the afflictions the Lord sends to them on their own. Uh, so it is important to understand 
and to memorize what we went through in certain cases and how Lord leading uh, was there in our life. Okay, so we can develop a better faith uh, in the Lord when he, in, in the future. Okay, remember the statement: we have nothing to fear except we forget. Our Lord has led us in past, and um, so those memories are. Um, Memories that are sanctified, and if we, if we do not want, and if we do what we can on our part to retain and obey the truth, we may expect that the Holy Spirit will bring the truth to our remembrance. Okay, uh, that's not, that's a, and thus make us uh, make up for the lack of memory. Holy Spirit is not going to bring to your remembrance something that you haven't read. Okay, keep that in mind. Holy Spirit will also bring to our remembrance, uh, especially in witnessing in the last days and witnessing to others, bring to remembrance things that you, that, that you have read, contemplated, and meditated on, uh, try to memorize it. Those things will be uh, brought to our, uh, to our memory. And uh, meditation or memory he says uh, in Psalms 119, your word I have hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. So this is in Psalms. Uh, so we need to memorize the, the word in our hearts so that we don't sin. Okay? Remember Joseph in Egypt? Okay? What did he, what did he when, when a woman came to his room, what did he say? He says, I will not do such a thing against the Lord. And... Uh, how did he know that? Because he memorized the commandments. Okay? Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not commit adultery. And that's exactly what he memorized. He didn't know anything else. He knew that, and that saved him. Could have been a big problem if, uh, if we did not memorize that one. Um, okay, a few more uh, uh, slides, and we'll be almost done here. Imagination. Imagination is also uh, very important. Imagination uh, designed to represent real, uh, true objects and scenes. Let it represent all that is lovely in the appearance and action, uh, actions of others. Picture in your mind different scenes in Christ's life as well. He's coming in glory, majesty of clouds in heaven with all the holy angels. Don't sit uh, in your room and, and uh, picture yourself on the beach with your girlfriend uh, counting stars. Okay, that will get you nowhere. So think about the Bible. Think about the second coming. There's a lot to to uh, uh, imagine there, and uh, this is what's going to help us to inculcate in us the, the 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 scene that's coming. So when you see the coming of Christ, then you know it, it's going to be like a second nature. You saw it. You know it. It's here. It's much easier. Then to look at it first time, it says, wow, I did not anticipate this. Uh, and so imagining things, uh, using imagination for holy things uh, that will benefit you, benefit you in the long run. And um, those people the, who's, uh, who, who sanctify imagination, they will strengthen your faith, encourage you to love the Lord, imitate his virtues, shun the way of sin, and walk in the path of Holiness. Almost done here, by the way. And um, so Im imagination is very important how we use it. Again, I'm, I'm preaching to myself first uh, here, and um, it should be something that, that we, we need to sanctify it. Next, we'll be talking about the will now. And um, the will is the uh, uh, choosing. Will is the faculty of choosing or determining. Will is the one that says, yes, I want to do this, or no, I do not want to do this. The will should be sanctified so that it, that it chooses the right thing. Okay, That's important to know. How are you going to choose? You're going to choose based on what we just talked about, based on your knowledge, based, based on your experience, based on your faith, and so on. But the will is the one that, uh, that chooses, and the will controls the thoughts and actions, and it's very necessary that this faculty of mind be sanctified. The decision of a sanctified will are based on reasonable motives, one unreason and sound judgment. OK? 
Okay? We need to uh, keep that in mind in the word of God. Uh, things have to make sense. And make the sense comparing to what the Bible says. Okay? Especially in the last days when people are going to uh, ask us uh, to prove from the Bible. Things have to make sense from the Bible. That's why it says that reason and sound judgment. Okay. Um, almost done. And the will uh, should be enlightened. Should be, uh, we should first analyze, judge, and decide, choose or refuse uh, based on what we know about the subject matter. And, um, and if, if it seems, this is the uh, uh, Joshua, is, uh, remember the Joshua statement, if it seems evil to you to receive the Lord, to serve the Lord, choose you yourselves this day, whom you're going to serve. So soon we have to make the same decision. We have to choose whom we're going to serve without wavering. Okay? This is my, this is my decision. Whatever the consequences are, let it be, but this is my decision. That's how we should act in the, at the, uh, uh, very soon in the future. And the last one for the real uh, is very important here. It is our duty and privilege to settle in truth as far as we understand it, and we cannot be moved. Okay? That is going to uh, seal you. This is what's going to, uh, this is, the God has put the seal on people who are settled in the truth. Okay? Now, to be settled in the truth, you have to do the things that we just talked about. Okay? You have to read the truth, understand the truth, uh, study the truth, uh, analyze the truth, and, um, and this is what's going to prepare you for heaven. That statement, if you forget everything about the sermon I, I just uh, preached to you today, just remember this line. We must settle in the truth, and we must not waver. Okay? We will not or cannot be changed or moved. That's why when the sin comes your way, it's easy to, uh, to, uh, to decline the sin because you are settled in the truth. Okay? That's why people of God, to, uh, to the very end, uh, when Christ leaves the sanctuary, will be living without a mediator, and they will not be sinning anymore because they, they settle, they change their mind, they, they, uh, they uh, uh, settle the truth, and they're not going to change it. So that's what's important to remember, uh, that we must be, uh, uh, to settle the truth, and we must be understand it, and we cannot be moved. Conclusion one. One more, two more slides, one here and one more. Pleasures of the holiness are real, and it will never fade. It's just striving for perfection. We are preparing for society of the holy in the world to come. But if God, like nature and heavenly contemplations and practices are repugnant to us today, here, do we fit among the inhabitants of the celestial homes? Okay? That's something that we have to ask ourselves individually. Do we, if you can't and don't care about talking about Heavenly things here. Are we going to go to heaven? Are we going to fit in heaven? Strangers will not be in heaven. Okay? People only who contemplate about heaven, people who think about heaven, people who read about heaven, those people who pray about heaven, those people will be in heaven. So they will not be strangers in heaven. Last one, last slide that I have for you is uh, keep marching. <laughs> wow. Wake up, brother, and wake up, sister. Speak or uh, seek or seek the holy state. Uh, none but holy ones can enter through the pure celestial gates. Okay. Only holy people will be able to stand in the presence of holy God. Amen. Thank you, brothers and sisters. Amen, and God bless you all. Thank you, Mike, for such a beautiful message. Praise the Lord. Amen. At this time, we're going to have uh, our closing hymn, 428, the sweet by and by. If we could all stand.
Thank you, Lord, for the message. Thank you for being with us, Heavenly Father. Please prepare us for heaven. We want to be there with you, Lord. Have mercy on us and work with the Holy Spirit as we get ready to, uh, to welcome you in the clouds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hopefully you get something out of it. (laughs) 